Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Hello. 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 <coughs> I mean, uh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we won't do a barber shop then today. No. I was gonna say, "How are you today?" <laughs> but uh, oh well. Uh, instead of barber shop, we'll do uh, lollipop. Uh, we could do beauty. I was gonna say beauty shop or, beauty or uh, shop. Hmm. lollipop. I love I love lollipops. Yeah, yeah, lollipop. How about we do the Bible? Since we're in room 4216, I think that's really what people have come here not to hear us sing, but to hear God's Word. Sure. All right. And what are we going to be doing today? We're going to be studying from the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses uh, 16 through 30. The beginning of Jesus' ministry. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I sing, sing, sing. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I sing, I sing, sing about the dawning of the Luke, chapter 4. And let's make it verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut 
for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up and drove him out of town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down from the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. we didn't read the first 13 verses, it kind of connects just a wee little bit to verse 14. Jesus, after being baptized, went then into the desert and was tempted uh, by the devil. And after that temptation, then he says, as it says in verse 14, he went up to Galilee. And this is the beginning of his ministry. After his baptism by John, his cousin, after the temptation, Now Jesus begins his ministry. What's interesting here, what we have in in these verses, is it mentions a town. Mm -hmm. His hometown. Nazareth. Where he grew up. Learned how to swing a hammer, so to speak, (laughs) and and pull a saw. But really, the ministry didn't start there. It was in several other towns, because it says the word about him spread So when he finally came back to his hometown, he was a celebrity. Yeah. I don't know about you. I've been thinking and scratching my head. Have I ever known a celebrity from my hometown? No. Have you had any from yours? Oh, sure. I've known of several, but I've never met them. Yeah. Yeah, My town's much smaller than, than your town. But here we got a real tiny town, probably only a couple hundred people. Hmm. But they knew Jesus. This is the son of Joseph the carpenter. And he had been doing miracles. He had been teaching. And now, as it says, their eyes were all fixed on him. And what would he do next? Well, duh. He read first. Oh, (laughs) of course, duh. He probably was one of the regular readers in the synagogue, even as churches sometimes have regular readers today. Mm-hmm. And several churches have regular series of readings that they read in a rotation, and this was one of those. It was from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 61, in fact. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was standing there, and he was saying, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. I have been sent, anointed, to preach the good news to the poor, proclaim liberty to the prisoners, to give sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But not just that. They're used to hearing that. Then he looks at them and he says, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Hmm. That's when their eyes are going, and they're probably bugging out. What's he going to do next? 
another major prophet come to us. What took place next was rather surprising, both probably then as well as for us today. Probably nothing. More like it is. I mean, Jesus has the crowd eating out of his hand. Oh, they all spoke well of him. Their eyes were fastened on him. Oh, this is Joseph's son. And and, and, and he turns around and attacks them. Well... The news had spread when to this town that he was doing mighty things. This was not the first stop he had done after coming out of the desert. And so the, the word had gotten that he had done miracles and mm. performed signs, as well as this teaching, preaching. And then what did Jesus say to them? Instead uh, of a sign, he said... He says, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician... Heal yourself. Basically saying, hey, you've done it elsewhere, so you better do it here. And then he quotes two Old Testament stories, which we'll get to in a minute. That's really what angered them. So much so, they wanted to kill him. So about these stories, there were two mm -hmm, of them. Mm -hmm. One was about how Elijah fed a woman and her son during right. a horrible famine, and they never died. They were happy. And then the other one was about a man who was cleansed of leprosy. Mm -hmm. And uh, But why would that make the people of Nazareth so mad? Ah, good point. W would you come over here with me? Over where? Right here, right here. Uh, Okay, and now All step right. through here, because we need to go into the time machine. No, no, no! Tricked again. Pastor Dave, where are we now? Shh, 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 shh. We're in Zarephath. Zarephath? Yeah, right that by... That sounds familiar. Yeah, that's isn't that, where... Mm -hmm. Isn't that one of those names we read... In Luke just now? It is, yeah, with the lady who is starving. Uh, and we're right by the gate. Look, look over... Oh, you can't look. I'm sorry. Uh, well, over there. Over there. Gather sticks, make a meal and die. Gather sticks, make a meal, eat and die. Hello, dear ma'am. Um, before you um, uh, die, could you give me a drink of water? Sheesh. Why does this town pick up these people? Yeah, sure. No problem. And where you go drink it and get me the drink of water? Would you please also make me a little cake? I'm a little hungry. Uh, look, mister. As surely as your God lives, all I got at home is a small handful of flour and just a little tiny bit of oil in the jug. I'm going home after I finish gathering these sticks. I'm going to make a meal for me and my son. We're going to eat it. We're going to die. 
Will you you go home and, and first get me that drink of water, and then you go home and do as you said. But first, make me uh, a cake too, but, but because I'm understand. hungry, and I assure you, because I am Elijah. That uh, Yahoo, Elijah. And uh, that my God is going to make sure that you and your son are going to live. And that flower will not be used up, nor will the water run dry until the Lord gives water from the sky. He's got to be nuts, but... All right, I may as well... Pretty cool stuff, huh? Yeah. Elijah reaching out to a foreign gale. Okay, back to the time machine. Come on. Okay. Okay, now here we are. Didn't go home. We went three years into the future. Now see what happens. Prophet Elijah. 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 You think you have gotten it by now since you've been together for over two years. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about. There's been drought in the land for three years now, and you've been here for a real long time, and I don't get it. I'm a foreigner, but but you came here, and everything's been just like you said. The flour ain't run out, and the oil ain't run dry, and then, and then your God goes and, and raises my son from the dead. You? Yeah. I don't get it. What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> That's the thing about your God. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's Him and His love. He loves people. He loves you and He loves me. Even he loves you. He loves me. Even though I'm a foreigner? He... Yep. Because you're a people. All right, Cecilia, let's uh, head back uh, to the time machine. We're going home. No tricks this time. Well, yep, no, no, no tricks. No tricks at all. Mm-mm. Wait a minute. This isn't home? Well, I didn't say I'd trick you, but I didn't say we were going home either. I want to show you this other story of the other story Jesus told about the foreigner, Naaman, to show that God really does love people, all people, including those who think they're foreigners. They're not. I can't believe that this prophet, if he is a prophet at all, is... What he said is even true. He didn't even come out and talk to me. Talk to me through the door. I expected him to come out and wave his hand over my leprosy. I expected him to call upon the God of Israel and cure me. But no, he tells me to go wash in the muddy water of Jordan. Did you see how muddy that thing is? Oh, the waters of Damascus are so much cleaner. I am just fit to be tied. I think I'll go home and I'll tie up a whole bunch of things. Master, you could at least try washing yourself in the Jordan River, couldn't you? I mean, if if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not do it? And so I, I know that the, the Jordan is disgusting and, and insignificant, but but doesn't that make it an even greater thing to do 
if it will cure your leprosy? What are you saying, boy? This is something even greater because I'm so disgusted. Oh. Oh. I suppose I might as well give it a try. If he isn't profit, it will certainly work. Okay. Israel did it. You're, you're cured. I am. He is the God of the universe. I will worship him all my life long. Pastor Dave, I liked how we brought in the whole widow and Zarephath and, mm-hmm. and Naaman, but don't we need to bring it back to uh, Luke and what's going on in Nazareth? Yeah. And in fact, to do that, uh, pull down uh, uh, the Bible, Ephesians. All right. Ephesians, and turn to chapter 2. Um, let's see, what verse do we want? 14, 13... See if there's an opening or a start of a paragraph around 12 or 13. It should start with it. Yeah, verse 13. Yeah, go ahead. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God okay. through the cross. And that, that's where it connects up with Jesus in Nazareth. He's saying he's not there just for the Jews. He is there also for the foreigners. They were thinking, okay, good hometown boy, do it for us now because you've done it there. And, 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 keep, and, and Jesus was saying, no, this is for, for the, and, and this is, picks up one of the themes of Luke, that universality. And that would mean not just Israel because that's local, national. But it's going to be universal, which would include the foreigners. Yeah. And, and, and he broke down the barriers to make that possible. You, you, you stopped me too soon, though. Oh? Verse 17. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, Mm. but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. And that, you're right, I did stop you too. Thank you for reading on. (laughs) 
<laughs> we are no longer foreigners, for, foreigners, aliens. We are citizens of of heaven, and that's what Jesus does. And I know there are many times people feel left out. Whether you have a disability and you feel left out of society or whether you feel left out of church, mm-hmm. from God's point of view, you are not left out. You are part of his family because of what he has done. Pastor Dave, as you know, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books is Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And there was a magic ring uh, where if you wore it, you became invisible. Mm-hmm. So you could walk through crowds or anything like that. But Christ didn't have a magic ring. So how did he walk through that crowd that was about to throw him over a cliff? Mm. Um... Um, um, I, have I stumped the pastor? Well, a couple things come to mind about Jesus walking. First is, he walked on water. He has the ability to walk where no one can walk. Uh, to almost quote a, a Star Trek. <laughs> yes. To boldly go where no one has gone. We walk where no one has walked before. But then I think of uh, Psalm 23. And what's great comfort in knowing that he has walked through danger, people wanting to kill him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You are with me. You're riding your staff. Jesus has that ability to walk where we we can't. Um, he, because he, let's face it, this was his God point here right now. And it's maybe like he had a bubble over him and they couldn't put his hands on him. And whether he kind of froze them or they just couldn't, it doesn't say. Or whether say. they didn't see him? It, it doesn't say really, other than he walked through their midst and walked away. It really demonstrates his power as God Almighty. They wanted to see a miracle oh. in Nazareth. They wanted to see a miracle. And they just They saw one. <laughs> Fascinating, Cecilia. Wow. Fascinating. <sighs> And rather than trying to cover a little more, I think this is a good stopping point for us today. And it especially reminds us of a couple key elements of what Luke's gospel is about. One, it's for all people. And that includes you and me. Thousands of miles away and thousands of years away. It's part of us. And that Jesus has the power not only to walk through the crowds and not let them touch him, but he walked on the water and he walked the cross to take away our sins. And that's why we always end with, we're not alone. And in fact, that's why we are here, Cecilia and I. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear from you and uh, be encouragement to you. And so you can write us at info, I-N-F-O, 
at not dash alone n o t dash a l o n e dot n e t. And again, remember, we, we are, are not, not alone. alone. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known, along unfamiliar paths. I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you, and make the rough places smooth. <laughs> These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room forty-two, sixteen. Credits: Moonlighters Serenade. More of the best of Barbershop Quartet. Every time I feel the spirit. Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord, interlude musicians. Luke, um, mm, no, yeah, this right. is segment two. Luke, chapter fourteen. Actually, no, it's not. It's Luke chapter four. <laughs> what took net place? The but uh, uh, yeah. It, mm. <sighs> We'll try it still another time. Uh, what segment, are we trying again? Segment four. Ooh.